Hello, hello. Welcome to my reinvented podcast, Taboo, where we talk about all the things people are afraid to talk about. If it makes you uncomfortable, I'm probably going to talk about it. Life is too short for ambiguity. So thank you for listening, and here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Taboo, where we talk about all the things that people don't want to talk about. This week, we're talking about miscarriages. I feel like it's a very taboo topic and something that recently became close to me. I have my beautiful friend, Michelle, here on the podcast this week to share about her experience. So first and foremost, I want to say thank you so much for coming on because I know this is fresh for you and it's not easy to talk about. Um, so this is raw, this is real, this is unedited because I don't have time for that. And without further ado, here is Michelle. Thanks, Kristen. Um, yeah, it's 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 very fresh. And I, I think the craziest part is you were the very first person I saw right when the news broke out to me. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's something that I, you know, for a couple of days, I shut down and then I kind of started to get back into somewhat civilization. I closed down my social media, which I don't think I have since probably my space started. Um, so I closed everything down. I just didn't kind of want to see anything or, or go through anything and, and really process it. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's something that I now I'm, I'm only tomorrow would be actually three weeks. Um, so very, very fresh into all this, but um, it is a taboo subject. Nobody talks about this. And I think it's so important for women to know that th this is normal. And, you know, you, I've, I've hit my age of 30 and I never in my wildest dreams would have thought that I would go through this. So I think it's good for women that are in, you know, in their teenagers and twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, et cetera, to kind of know that this, this is happening. I mean, all the statistics kind of talk about this being normal, but I did not know about this until a couple of days in. Yeah, absolutely. It is, like you said, something that a lot of people that we know and people that our friends know, we all know somebody who this has happened to. And People are afraid to talk about it. There's not a big community outreach for it. And, you know, me getting to experience this process with you, I got to see firsthand from the patient perspective, how hard it is to just be given this diagnosis and be told like, we're really sorry, you know, we have terrible news for you. And then you're kind of just left to deal with, on, with it on your own and figure out what to do next from there. And it feels you know, kind of lonely and daunting, especially when you're navigating this world where if you don't have a medical background, you're like, what do all these words mean? What is happening? What's going on? So to just kind of catch everybody up, can you talk a little bit about your pregnancy story and what happened? Yeah. Um, so I was, uh, I found out October 10th, actually, um, and kind of kept it, uh, a secret for a bit. Um, but again, I, I made my 12 weeks and I was so ready to kind of tell the world. Um, and I had my monthly checkups. Um, I was told, you know, at my first, my second checkup that 
if you know they don't hear a heartbeat then you know it's 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 common that that can happen so it's one of those things where you kind of stay quiet until your 12 weeks because there is that that chance i was just never told statistically what that chance was or any of that you know you kind of just go home and hope for the best um and so that's what i did i mean i i painted a whole picture uh, a year from now nine months from now 10 years from now with like a kid and um wow that's tough to talk about um and it's it's one of those things where um I I went to a regular checkup at my 11 weeks checkup everything was fine um I remember I went to the ultrasound and even the the baby was moving so much that it waved at me so I went home and in my world the baby waved at me and I just needed to know what the sex was and that was the next thing coming and right after that I had a checkup and at that checkup it was so interesting because it's the nurse that comes in does the checkup and then eventually the doctor comes in and I'm just you know again I'm already at nine months living my life with my baby so I can't imagine anything bad is going on but uh the doctor comes in and I should have picked up on that and the doctor comes in and he kind of checks me again then the nurse walks out and that's where he turned on the lights and he's like, hey, um, we're not getting a heartbeat. And it took me a while to process because where my head went at instantly was, okay, so find it, <laughs> find the heartbeat. What, what are you talking about? Um, and it, you know, he kind of started processing. And I, I can't tell you I remember exactly what he told me because I was at such shock. But um, he just said that, their support groups and your your doctor will call you in, in less than 24 hours. Um, do you need time? Do you have someone to pick you up? And that's all I can remember. So I, you know, I was kind of let go in, in a room and I just sat there crying. I called my uh, partner to come pick me up. He was really far away. So and I called you. And uh, luckily you were right there. Uh, you came, picked me up. And I think it wasn't until you came in and thank God you're a PA uh, and you understand those terms. You were able to talk to him, but it didn't really uh, grasp on until we left the room. And I just now have to go home with my dead baby. And I, and what, what do I do? I, I already had a guy in a belly. I was already with maternity leggings. Um, and I just stood home waiting for a phone call and it, the typical movies where you're just sitting there not doing anything and you're just in bed crying and, and there's nothing that no one or anything could say, not a hug, nothing. We came home and looked at the test results to find out what the gender was because we just wanted to rip every bandage off. Um, and we were supposed to have our gender reveal week right after that um, test. And we find out the gender, he realizes he was getting a boy, which is exactly what he wanted. He breaks down, I break down, an emotional wreck. And we're at emotional wreck for 24 hours. And the 24 hours pass, I wake up and no phone call. And I'm checking, it's, it's like one of those things where you're waiting for a text message from a guy you like, you're literally just rechecking your phone and nothing, no call, no text message, no nothing. I'm checking the online portal, nothing. And fun fact, tomorrow I'm at three weeks. I just got the call from my doctor an hour ago. 
and they just called me and they were like did you leave an emergency message from December 1st wow no it was November 30th and nothing so I'm supposed to be three weeks with a dead baby inside and the worst part is at that checkup I asked the doctor when did this happen like how big is the baby and you know even when I got home I tried kind of trying to figure it out myself I couldn't look at my ultrasound so I, I I couldn't but I was really in shock that we live in this country where there's supposed to be all these medical advances and they couldn't tell me when this was when this happened they couldn't tell me why and they were just like well you know it's part of it one in every four women it happens to go home and that was it so I came home and I just you know stood there and 24 hours passed and I couldn't do it so I called my doctor in Florida and I was like can you take me in and unfortunately I was too advanced um the body was already kind of developed. So no doctor could take me in, I guess, for liability reasons. That's what she said. And she said, my best bet is for you to stay in New York. And so I just hung up the phone and I kind of just, we just stood there in blank stare and what do we do? And it's wild to me that anybody is supposed to just sit at home and wait for someone to call you to take your dead baby's body out. Like how, what kind of torture is this? So I just, you know, thankfully there was an option C for me. I had to travel across seas and literally get this done in a third world country and have the minute I landed to the airport straight to the hospital. It was a Sunday. The doctor wasn't even supposed to work. He got the keys for the hospital and was able to go in go open up his thing. And in the minute of the ultrasound, he was able to tell me when it was, when it happened. And I found out that it was at between 10 to 11 weeks. So that became, I became one, one in four. I, I never thought I'd be a statistic. And now I'm literally one in four. Well, thank you so much for sharing that story with us and for your vulnerability, because I know, like I said, this is fresh, you know, I know this just happened within the past month and you're helping advocate for all the other women who are afraid to tell their stories or think that they're alone. So thank you. And I just want to share that your story highlights one, the limitations of Western medicine, which I always talk about on this podcast, but I'll go at it again. Like, you know, it's so hard, but we don't know why these things happen. We just have statistics from all the data that we discover and it is reported, for those of you that don't know, a miscarriage is basically the spontaneous miscarriage, which is the one that happens for reasons that we don't know. Usually we suspect there's some kind of underlying genetic defect with the baby, like sometimes they have Down syndrome or some other genetic mutation where the baby would be unviable. And so the body has developed this intelligent mechanism where it'll automatically kind of abort the baby on its own. Most women will have symptoms that are like cramping or spotting or some kind of abnormal bleeding. And that's what lets them know like, okay, something's wrong with the baby. Um, but in Michelle's case, she didn't have any symptoms. And so she had just gone to this uh, ultrasound appointment for diagnostic imaging and they had no heartbeat, which was why the doctor came in and told her, hey, you know, we're really sorry, but there's no heartbeat. You know, the baby doesn't seem like it's alive anymore. But that was pretty much it. And I will speak to the fact that this doctor, whose name I will leave out for privacy reasons, 
was an incredible doctor. He sat down on top of a garbage can lid and answered all my questions and let Michelle kind of sit there and go through her process. And like Michelle said, luckily I was medical and I was able to say, what are the next steps? What is supposed to be done here? But what Michelle reported was actually what was supposed to happen. The gynecologist was supposed to call her the next day to get her set up and have an appointment scheduled. And now we hear from Michelle that yes, or today was when she got the phone call three weeks later, three weeks later. So imagine as a female, how you would feel sitting at home every day, trying to go about your normal life and your work and knowing that you have a fetus that's no longer viable living inside of you. Like I can't even begin to imagine that. And as Michelle just described, it's not easy. Um, I don't know many people who would just sit back and relax while this is all happening and wait, which again shows like how limited we are, especially in New York city. There's just so many patients and there's so much overwork on the actual medical part that we just don't have enough time to see patients. So you literally have to be dying. And in that case, you're going to the emergency room. If you're not dying, but it's kind of an emergency, we have a three week wait window here. But yeah, just highlighting that the stat is actually 10 to 15 out of a hundred women have a spontaneous miscarriage or spontaneous abortion within the first trimester. So before that 12 week mark, and then the once they get to the second trimester, it's one in five out of a hundred women can have a spontaneous miscarriage, so much less. But yeah, it just highlights how common this is. So it's anywhere from a 10 to 15% chance that you could be one of these women if you're in your first 12 weeks of pregnancy. Yeah. And a lot of people don't, you know, until I, I found out I was pregnant, I mean, I didn't know anything about the subject. And you know, you think you hit 30 and you're like, okay, I pretty much know a lot of things. And there is that one big thing that you don't know anything about. Um, and and I started to learn what ultrasounds were. And, and I remember I went in with my partner to uh, the ultrasound where we got to hear the heartbeat and there was something right next to the baby, this kind of circle that just connected to the baby. And I remember we asked what it was and the doctor looks at us and goes, I'm not going to teach you right now about the women body. Like you should have known this. So it, it was very interesting. And it was, it was crazy that at six weeks we, we, we had a heartbeat. And then we found out that heartbeat is double, um, the the standard heartbeat than than an adult up until probably the age of five or six. And, you know, all these fun statistics that you kind of learn about. um, But again, it's very interesting because my first three appointments, everything was fine, but it was just, you know, go home, kind of take prenatal vitamins and, you know, um, that that's kind of it. And then my fourth visit is when I got my folder. I remember I got a folder and I was like, Oh, what is this? Am I getting a gift? And they were like, Oh no, this is a folder of all the tests you need to do all the, so I don't know if they wait until you're a certain week to give you that folder or, you know, it kind of has all this pamphlet. Um, Fun fact, I never even got to read the pamphlet because by the time I went to my next appointment, well, I didn't need any of that. Um, So I, if anyone needs a pamphlet, I have all the information. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's insane to me that I had thankfully an option C where option A, you know, was going to let me just kind of be there with my dead baby for three weeks. Option B didn't want to take me for liability reasons and option C 
it was actually holidays where I ended up going and he still opened up everything. Um, the way that the process works for someone that doesn't know, and, and, you know, hopefully no one has to go through this, but pretty much um, you're kind of gone into an induced labor. So uh, you take a pill to kind of loosen up everything down there so that when they, when you do go into that surgery room, you're put in through anesthesia, but you're pretty much giving birth. So you have to take out the baby body then you have to take out the placenta and then everything else pretty much scrape everything that's in there so that, that it's fresh clean and, and new for whenever you do have your next pregnancy so um uh, that experience to me was I I took a pill and then that night was terrible I you know bleeding and and again as you mentioned I didn't have any spotting I didn't have any pains this kind of miscarriage to me was very out of nowhere because everything was going right I had a lot of genetic tests done um and of course they call me till this day billing me every week about it but you know nobody cares about the dead baby um and everything was fine. The baby didn't have Down syndrome. There was nothing genetically between me and my partner that the baby couldn't have formed correctly. So again, this is just one of those things that happen in every uh, one in four women. Um, so I kind of that day, once you take that pill, everything loosens up, everything kind of starts to fall out. So blood, you know, liquids, anything that is kind of in that sack that would normally be holding the baby. And um, I got to the point where I bled out so much, I passed out twice. And um, my partner thankfully was there and kind of had to hold me. And, and I remember I was in the shower, just kind of throwing water on my face and um I passed out and I've never passed out and I just kind of came back and then from there there was like a really big blood clot that didn't go down the drain normally and I just you know I was so out of it that I went straight to the emergency room had to be carried into the car taken into um a wheelchair and and all that put into the emergency room and within the minute I got in there everything everyone took care of me and within an hour the procedure started the doctor showed up I was put in through the anesthesia but I will never forget that right before the anesthesia kicked in the doctor comes in is asking me how I am you know I'm obviously just kind of down and I lost so much blood and he asked me that the blood clot leave and, I'm, and I you know I answered yeah I do remember that and he just says okay good that means it it started and that's when I realized holy crap the blood clot was my baby so that was probably the hardest thing for me to to grasp and right when I started crying and panicking and kind of losing it the anesthesia kicked in so I went under um, what I needed to go through, got everything kind of cleared out. And then the next time I woke up, I was in a hospital room and just with family around. And I was on a liquid diet for two days. Um, and then from there, kind of just, you know, physically wise, I'm I'm okay. And, and physically wise, they say once everything is kind of scraped out, refreshed and, and cleaned out that you you're fine you're able to work out at the two weeks and you know kind of restart your life but it's something that no one prepares you for mentally and and it's things where 
I had to now come home and rechange all my clothes because I had bought maternity clothes. So everything that was a bodysuit, a crop top and all that fun stuff that I would wear, I just kind of put it in a bag and put it in my, you know, kind of when you switch out your winter from your summer clothes, that's exactly what I did. I just switched from normal life to maternity life and um, had to come back and, and kind of do all that. That was really hard for me. Um, I'm actually still working on it. I started Sunday, couldn't get through it, kind of started again yesterday. I, I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm going through it. And um, then from that, then things where, okay, we were like, well, you know, let's try to get back into normal life. It's three weeks. Thankfully, I am so blessed. I have a job that gave me two weeks off. And I, you know, I needed that. I, I, I can't imagine me trying to do social media while I, you know, I do social media strategy. So I, I can't be doing any of that and, and trying to deal with this. So um, I closed down all my social media and I just let that kind of be a break. And um, we tried to go get sushi on Friday and it was such a, yay, we're going to get sushi. I haven't had sushi in, you know, three months. Yay. And maybe I can have a glass of wine. Like how cool. Once I'm sitting there, everything was very exciting, new, fresh, fine. Once I'm actually sitting there is when I'm like eating sushi and then no one prepares you for those slight bits of seconds when you're like, wow, I didn't have sushi because I was happily pregnant. And I, I wasn't drinking wine because I was happily pregnant and I was okay with that. And so now it's all those things. And, and before I used to work out and I, I got so into the gym because I was like, wow, I need to get fit. I need to be a fit mom. I'm going to get those like running strollers and I'm just going to, you know, my six pack is going to come out after the baby, all that fun stuff. And um, I would go to the gym and every time I was tired, I would kind of talk to my baby internally and I'm like come on okay your mom's got this like it's fine you know keep running keep doing this and I I tried working out yesterday for the first time and right after my workout I ran home and cried because right when I was at my peak of workout and I got really tired I I didn't have it in my headspace to encourage myself for me when the last time I remember working working out I was working out for my baby so it's something that a lot of people don't prepare you for. Things trigger me. Um, I went to a holiday party on Saturday and everything was fine. Everything was great. And until somebody decides to do karaoke and do Whitney Houston and that song that says, and I will always love you and boom, I started crying. So it's, it's one of those things where I have never been a person that cries instantly. I don't cry at movies. I I think the only movie I've ever cried for is Passion of Christ, but I don't cry at movies. I, 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 I'm just not that sensitive. And I now, anything will trigger me, like the smallest little thing. Like now I see a rainbow and, you know, that thing where it's a rainbow baby because what, and, and for someone that doesn't know, once you have a miscarriage and, and your baby goes to heaven, you know, it's an angel. And the baby that comes after that, if you decide to get pregnant, is supposed to be that rainbow baby because it kind of brightens up your world. So you now come like comfort yourself with rainbows because you're like, it, it's gonna happen. It, it'll come. Um, 
so that that's kind of like my new symbol I've I've never been into so many colors but I will rainbow out my whole apartment if I need to um and it's just really tough and it and it's something where for for your partner is hard but you know men or, or just partners in general don't go through what you went through like I would be home alone when my partner was at work. And I I wasn't home alone because I was talking to my stomach. I was talking to my baby and I would watch movies. And so silly, you start talking to your baby like, oh, well, we're going to watch this when you're older. Or you start putting music at your stomach. And, and I remember I used to get out of the shower and like have to, you know, put like all these lotions and things like that. So you don't get stretch marks, all that typical stuff. And and you're always looking at your stomach. You're always like wanting that to grow. It's the first time you actually want to get fat. <laughs> um, and, and you want to see it grow and, and you want to see a tummy. And it's no one prepares you for like the illusion of being a mom and losing it. And I think that's something that I felt so alone because I never knew anyone that went through this. And people need to talk about it. And I, I don't mind if I tell people, you know, oh, why were you off social media? Or why were you disappeared? Why? I don't mind if I say it's because I had a miscarriage. Because I was a mom. I was a mom for, for, for a while. And, and I was happy. And, and I had all these plans. And yeah, it, it didn't come out the way I wanted it to. But I don't need to tell people because I need people to feel bad for me I need to tell people because I need to know that hey if this were to happen to someone you love just know that it's real and it's normal and like don't don't feel like oh man I, I can't carry a baby or or any of that because it's it's a very lonely feeling you can be surrounded by and and when I went through this I was surrounded by three dogs all my aunts all my uncles everybody was surrounded by me and messages and phone calls and the whole world could be at your fingertips just waiting for you to tell them what you need and I still felt very alone because I was two people and I was two hearts and now you're back to just being one so it's 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 really tough for that after effect and I think it's it's crazy that medicine and, and just this country was willing to let me be three weeks with a dead body inside I I don't even understand how that can be healthy for your body I'm sure things start to decay or I you know I medical terms I don't I don't I don't know but I'm sure that's not good for for anything inside your body so it's a process, but I, I I just speak out because I want people again to know that this is normal. It can happen. It can happen to someone that's 16 and gets pregnant, 25, someone that, you know, there are couples who try so hard to get pregnant. And that one time that they do, it, it gets taken away and it's okay. Like it's, I just have to learn to live with, you know, I, I got to at least taste a little bit of where my mind would go through thinking that I would be a mom. So now I'm kind of prepared, not that I'm fully prepared, but 
financially, I started getting myself repaired. And now I have, you know, clothes that I will eventually use one day. Hopefully they're still in fashion by then. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very tough situation, but it, it happens and it's normal. And I really want people to openly talk about it, even if they don't relate to it, even if you're thinking of not having kids for whatever reason, just talk about it. It's, it's like, you know, topics like suicide, people don't talk about, but it happens. Um, things like that, like, let's, let's just talk about it. Let's be open about it. And, and for women, especially our bodies go through so much. And, you know, when we're younger, we get embarrassed of going to buy a tampon or a pad or, you know, things like that. But eventually you end up losing all that. Okay. You know, I'm just going to go to the store and who cares? Whoever sees me buying a pad, it's fine. It's normal because it's what your bodies go through. It's a normal thing. Um, so yeah, I think that's probably my the biggest thing is the more I talk about it, the more I, I feel normal, the more I feel better. And weirdly, the less alone I feel. I love that. That's so beautiful. You just dropped so many gems. So again, I'm so proud of you for coming on and talking about this. And like you said, talking is healing, which is why therapy is so helpful. Um, and I, I'll never forget what you said when I went into the room to see you. And the first thing that you were saying to yourself, not to me was, why did this happen to me? And you were like, what could I have done differently? And you were like, what did I do wrong? And I just remember being like, you didn't do anything wrong. I don't think you could have done anything differently. Like, this is just the deck that you got dealt. So if you could speak a little bit to that, because I know that you had felt a lot of guilt when you were first told. And I think that's a very common feeling. Yeah, I think in that sense, I started reading a lot and and watching a lot of videos. Um, I remember one of the first videos I I saw was Sasha Fitness she had gone through this and she posted on a YouTube video and I rewatched that video a good two three times because right after she she got pregnant and she already had one kid and she lost her you know second one um and and there are times when people are just you know oh but just focus on your first kid or you know at, at least you know that you're fertile like, do, please don't say that to someone who's had a miscarriage. Um, something that you will also hear is, you know, th things happen and, and you know, it, again, what you said, it's the card you got dealt with. And that is a lot more realistic because it's something that you can hear, but you, it, you have to really experience it and then sit down with it and really be like, you know what, it's okay. And, and grief is one of those things where for two seconds, I'm fine. And then the next five, I'm crying. And then the ones after that, I'm okay. And, and that's okay. And, and it took me, I want to say a good week and a half to really embrace that it wasn't you. Like, at first I was, I was thinking, because right before that, I, I went back to my home country. I, I went to see Bad Bunny in concert because it was like my last thing that I wanted to do before I became a mom. Like it, you know, I went to the concert, my baby, I was dancing with my baby. Like I was so happy. And I was like, maybe I shouldn't have traveled. Maybe I shouldn't have carried a heavy luggage. Um, maybe I, you know, just things like that. Like maybe I shouldn't have been at a, I don't think, I think I was at a bar at probably like 10 weeks. 
um, I shouldn't have been at a bar, you know, there was smoke of hookah around, I don't know. Any of those things you start thinking, maybe I, I shouldn't have, and you go down this really bad, dark rabbit hole of thinking of all the things that you could have done. And maybe that's, you know, maybe that one thing triggered it. And the more I read and the more I talk about it and the more I see videos and the more I know that it's normal, then I start to be like, okay, it's, it just happens. Like things happen when they're supposed to and, and it's okay. Like I, you know, you, you get dealt with what comes at you. And, and I think I understand now I have never been a person that's under depression or has anxiety or, or any of those issues. And I've never been one to really there's someone really close in my family that goes through those things so that's probably the closest that I've been through but I never fully understood it and now I'm not saying that I have depression or any of that but now I understand how easy it is to get there it is so easy to just be at home by yourself and just throw yourself down on the floor and cry and think that you have nothing going for yourself and wow, those flashes of those thoughts probably have passed at like lightning speed because it has passed. But thankfully, I'm mentally strong or I want to think I'm mentally strong enough where I can push those aside and just focus on, okay, just be sad. Just be sad. Just cry. Miss what you need to miss. It's fine. But don't sit there and think, I can never be the person I am again. I can never have a job. Like I can never live a normal life because one day I will. I didn't want to get pregnant at 30. It wasn't something I was looking for. It just happened. And I loved every experience and bit of it. And it's something that no one's going to be able to take away from me. And I think that's probably such a like positive thing where I can now go out with friends that most of my friends have not gone through this or anything closely related um and I can go out and, and just be like you know what I experienced this like you have experience going to the world cup which is probably the coolest thing in the world at least in my eyes I experienced for a glimpse of three months what it was like to be a mom and everyone just has their positive things to talk about and I don't want people to come up to me and, and tell me, no, I'm so sorry. Um, you know, just kind of feel sympathy. for. I don't need that. I just need you to normalize it. And I need you to know that if, if I do need any sort of applaud, like applaud me for like being a mom and still managing working full time because your first trimester, nobody tells you how tired you're going to be, how nauseous you're going to be like, applaud me for doing that. I, I was going to the gym every day, like even, and then I'd come home and probably throw up. Like, I, I don't know, but it, it was just one of those things where nobody tells you how hard it is to be pregnant. And then I remember when I was pregnant, I would talk to my friends who were, and they were like, you're going to miss being pregnant. And I'm like, who would miss being down in no way. And now I understand. Now I fully understand. And I, yeah, I mean, you miss being all that. And, and I think the toughest part is when your body changes and now it changed back and you're like, well, what do I do with this one? Which is what you had before, but you know, 
like I, I pretty much got a free boob job because my boobs grew and then now they're back. So I'm like, oh, great. You know, you're just kind of like going through all these things. And I don't know, I, I, I think I, thankfully, I have such a great support system. And I was able to kind of, I didn't have to be the person to break the news to people. Thankfully, I have amazing friends like you and, you know, other friends who were able to break the news down for me and, and respect that I didn't want any calls. I didn't want any text. Like, please don't talk to me. And, and it was really nice that a lot of people respected that because you want to, I mean, I know the kind of friend I am. If someone's going through something, I'm probably going to take a flight and be there. But, um, you know, it's, it's, I've never been a person to ask for space because I, I, I'm friendly and I like being with people and it was weird to ask for space, but sometimes you need it. And now I just ask to talk about it. Like, let me talk about it and, and let me talk about it, not in a negative way. And, and don't be like, Oh, you know, no, let me talk about it. If you want to talk shit about my experience, your partner to your best friend, go home and do it. And don't let it touch my ears. But just let me be happy that I was a mom, that my partner got to experience this with me, that we went through pregnancy books and we learned all these things. And, you know, I, I started looking at Spotify playlists for babies. Like, I, you know, I was wondering if there was a bad bunny for babies, like things like that. Um, you just want to kind of change your, your life to accommodate to, you know, that new thing coming. But I don't know. It'll, it'll come, it'll happen. Um, and I remember one of the things that I would always be asked, like, what do you want? And I always said, I wanted a girl. I wanted a girl. And my partner wanted a boy. And my now full answer is going to be, I just wanted to be healthy. I just wanted to be healthy. I wanted to be alive. And I want to be able to hold it. So it'll come. It'll come. I just... I need some some time and it's yeah I mean now now I'm fully on birth control I I need a mental break from this um I gave myself a year to to kind of grieve and I've, I've never been through grief like this everyone prepares you for your grandparents for things like that but no one prepares you for when it's such a close death like your parents your siblings and you know something that you that was inside of you so yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your experience, for sharing all of the things that you're learning and all the changes that you're still going through on the daily. What advice would you give to other women who have had similar experiences or women who are, you know, just starting to undergo their pregnancy phase? I think it's one of those tough things where if you're just starting to go through a pregnancy, I, I don't want to say think that there's a possibility because it's that's a negative side of it. I just want to make sure that if you're pregnant, enjoy every second of it, every single little bit, like even if you're throwing up, even if you all of a sudden hate, I don't know, soda, whatever it is that you used to love, chocolate, things like that, it's okay. Like just enjoy it and laugh it off and experience every day. Like 
you know, I started kind of taking pictures and, and write down if, you know, if you're someone that writes down or record yourself, whatever it is that you need to do, but just live through it. Because realistically, you only go through this a certain amount of times. You can't be pregnant that often. It's every nine months at least. So, you know, it, enjoy it as, as much as you can. Um, and for someone that has gone through a miscarriage, I know there are miscarriages that happen at, at almost your, your due date. There are miscarriages that happen so early on that maybe you didn't even even get to really hear a heartbeat um and there are miscarriages like mine where it happens right before your gender reveal um and just just read read a lot inform yourself don't don't look into why me why don't victimize yourself for something that it just wasn't in god's plans for you and and maybe there was a, a a financial reason or or emotional reason or something something greater that eventually you will find out um and it's like a breakup you know you really realize why you had to have that breakup with that partner at the time years later after you went through all the suffering and it's the same thing it's 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 a breakup i'm i'm going through an emotional breakup and I it's interesting to say because I'm in a very happy stable relationship but it's some other type of of breakup and it's it's not just you your family goes through it those that 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 were close to you go through it those that were planning your gender reveal go through it um and and you're not alone like it's just it is such a normal thing and for women that are, you know, in that age of thinking or, or probably, you know, planning to have a pregnancy, read up about your body, start learning about your body, get connected with yourself, know the ins and outs of what your body can and can't do. I didn't really know until I started that baby growing up that the inside of your body is really meant there's like a big hole to expand so that a baby had no idea like things like that is you know you probably learn in in school and then you forget about it so learn learn about your body and and know that being pregnant is is such a special thing whether you go through all of all of the hormones all of the trimesters or things like that it's it's unbelievable when you're pregnant, you start to realize, wow, all the things that your body can do and all the things that your mom did to have you. And you just start appreciating women like there's no tomorrow. And I think that was probably the sweetest part on my partner's end because I could realize that he started to also kind of see, you know, my body and, and probably just realizing wow I came from from a woman and all the things that she had to go through and it's normal honestly something that I I, I can think about at, now that holidays are coming up I don't know ask around if anybody has had a miscarriage if anybody has any you know things to talk about because that was never a topic in in my family and it wasn't until after it happened to me oh my aunt from blah 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 my my cousin my this I never knew any of that so 
really just normalize the topic and and just make sure to to open up it's it's like anything open up about therapy therapy is so normal and i'm just learning this because now i'm going to therapy um i've never been in therapy so but it is normal <laughs> and it's so helpful um and it's and it's not like i've had you know a couple of sessions because again i'm only three weeks at all this uh change of life but it's 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 normal it's let's not make it a taboo subject that's what this headline needs to be let's not make it taboo well thank you so much for your time your energy for your vulnerability and opening up thank you for making this a like reasonable topic that people can relate to and something that I know people are dying to hear about like you said you were looking for all these resources and articles and videos and you're trying to make sure there's nothing that you could have done differently. So the more content that there is out there, just affirming everything that you're saying that, you know, unfortunately this is part of life and this is the card that some people get dealt. It makes it a lot more digestible for people instead of feeling like, why is this happening to me? And I really love that you said how powerful our bodies are because I'm always advocating for moving our body and tuning into your body. Like, I think pregnancy, although I've never been through it, I think it's one of those states where you can truly start to look within and really connect to exactly what's going on to the body. Like women start tuning in like, oh, I just felt a kick. Oh, I just felt a contraction. And I feel like a lot of us in our day-to-day -day life, we're so busy in our minds. We're thinking about, I have to do this and I have to go get groceries and, oh, tomorrow I'm going to do this. And where am I traveling to in a month? And we don't look at like day-to-day -day what's happening. And then a year from now, everything's so different. So really giving yourself that time with yourself. So like meditation, yoga, even sitting in a steam room, especially now that it's like, if you live in New York or somewhere cold, it's amazing to just really be with yourself in stillness, in silence, without distractions and really tune in to what's going on. So I'm glad that you got a glimpse of that during pregnancy. And I hope that with therapy and this new path that you have and that new awareness, you can incorporate that into your daily life. Yeah, you know that I hate yoga, but I did I did one session of prenatal yoga and it changed my life because I was like, oh, I'm so connected in my body. And I, you know, I was so connected in my baby that that day I did it and maybe I'll start doing yoga again. I need to connect with myself. Yeah. And I always tell people, you know, we hate things when we start because we're bad at them. Cause I'm the same way. I hate everything when I first started, cause I'm bad at it. I hated running when I started running cause I sucked. I was one of the worst people, but I was like, I'm going to keep showing up. I'm going to keep doing this. And discipline is ultimately what makes us good at things. And then when we're good at things, we like them. We're like, Oh, I know all these poses. I'm going to go. I know warrior one. I know warrior two. I know side angle. And then it becomes easy. And then you're like, I like showing up for this because I'm comfortable with it. So yeah. going back to all my other episodes, just challenging yourself, stepping out of that comfort zone and really finding that vulnerability in being uncomfortable. Because when we're uncomfortable, we're weak and we don't like to be weak, but it's so important. And for anyone that you know does go through miscarriage, think of ways that you want to honor your baby because it's it was yours and you were a mom and that baby knows going to take it away from you. So I'm, I'm just now at, at the point where I'm like, okay, do I run a marathon? Do I go to every Disney park in the world? I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out how to honor it, but 
you best believe I'm going to do something that completely challenges me and completely takes in everything that I went through to be like, you know what? I did it for this little angel that's now watching over me. And one day I'm going to see it in heaven. That's so beautiful. And it reminded me of the rainbow babies that you shared earlier. I didn't know that. So thank you for yeah. sharing that too. That's so precious. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your energy. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode talking about miscarriages. If you have any feedback, if you want to send Michi any messages, uh, do you want to let them know how they can reach you, Michi? Yeah. Uh, my Instagram is Mich Estefania. Um, you can put it on the notes here. I'm on Facebook. I'm on all social media because I'm a social media strategist. Um, but yeah, I, I am so open to talking about this. And I'm even looking out for any support groups that are not online because I need to get out of my house. So if anybody knows of anybody that they want to connect me to, I would love that. That is, I, I need new friends that have gone through this or just expand my circle and I, I love that. And, and let's, let's make this a subject. Love it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Stay tuned for our next episode.